But I want to I turn back to the book of Galatians. I am going to jump a little bit ahead tonight. I couldn't help it. It's just one of them things. Uh, something, uh, something got in my heart, and I just wanted to share a little piece of it. And I just felt like it's uh, uh, just what the Lord would have me share. And, and you know me, sometimes I, I, I try to stay uh, I try to say systematic a lot, but if the Lord gets to putting something on my heart, I'll, I'll leave system, systems pretty quick and, and go to what I feel like the Lord's leading uh, tonight. But this, this, this particular scriptures had been in my heart for several weeks, and I finally, just had to, I finally just had to go yonder. But it's in chapter 6, chapter 6 of Galatians, and we'll read the first six verses of chapter 6 tonight. Chapter 6, been preaching really on... Uh, been preaching grace, been preaching grace. The first four chapters of, of Galatians is really just preaching grace and, 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 the, and contrary to the other things that the, they were dealing with. But tonight it's more about practicing grace, uh, more about practice. How many, know, how many know practicing grace is pretty big after you've done, been preached to about grace? How many know that's really our response to all the preaching of grace? I don't know if you realize this or not. It's good to come and hear, and that's a powerful thing. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, but but it, but it, it's how we respond is a big as deal as anything. If we just sit in here and here and here and never practice it, uh, you know that's 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 a form of deception. And uh, tonight it's more about practicing little pieces, little just a little piece, little piece about practicing grace tonight. But let's let's read these scriptures together. And then uh, we'll have prayer over it, and we'll just uh, get into the, Lord, the Lord's word a little bit. But it says this, brethren, and of course he's talking to, talking to them, and they're at the church again, and they're at Galatia. He says, brethren, if, if, if a man be overtaken in a fault, overtaken, called up, called up. Maybe not even so much intentional, but called up. You know, a lot of times, you ever get called up in something? No, I know you ain't, but. Maybe, maybe you've heard others. Maybe you've seen others. You know, maybe even like sitting around somewhere and there's a bunch of gossip going on and you might get called up. Now, I know nobody in here, but sometimes we get overtaken. There's a lot of things that I've, I've sometimes have had error and fell in and had fault in. Uh, not so much I set out to be intentional about doing that, but I got called up. Amen. Amen. I'm just giving you a little thought there. But anyway, brethren... If any man be overtaken in a fault, here it is. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest you also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. He shifts it. He's been, he been preaching against the law that, that we know of for for the whole book of Galatians. And now, and now he's, he's talking about practicing grace in such a way that we fulfill the law of Christ. How many of the law of Christ? Fulfilling it. It's like fulfilling the law of grace. But let's, let's dive on a little further. For, for, for if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. And then to finish, but let every man prove his own worth. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Amen. Amen. Brother Angle, you, you bless this word tonight.
God let us have insight into exactly what this means and the way you mean it. I ask you to anoint pastor tonight in Jesus' name to minister life. In your name we pray and we believe and by the faith of God we simply call it done. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you. Done, done. Amen, done. Amen, amen, amen. Fulfilling the law of grace tonight. That's a topic, our title, I guess, for Dustin or whoever back there uh, that I'll give you. But uh, I want to talk to you tonight, really, like I said, uh, more or less about practicing grace tonight instead of preaching so much of it. But uh, the scriptures right off the bat, it kind of gives us a, a scenario here uh, about one, gives us a picture in which I alluded to just a little bit, but it gives us a picture about someone getting caught up. Uh, and and, and I, I, I'm assuming uh, in, in the context of even amongst the brothers, amongst the church, this is not talking about, not talking about them that's in the world or them that's, uh, 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 that are uh, un, unsaved, but them that's uh, amongst the brethren, uh, according to the way he brings it out. And uh, he presents this scenario about, about one of them getting caught up into something. And he doesn't, I'm glad he don't, he don't point out what it is, he don't allude to it, but he just, he points to it as a, a, an error or a fault or a sin, uh, something that, 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 that he gets caught up into it. And, and, and you get the idea that there's, there's a fall. You get the idea that there's a fall in, in, this, in this scenario. And then, and then there's this, there's this, there's this uh, challenge or, or call to, for us to respond, us, the brethren. To respond to that. You know, when, when, when our brothers or sisters is really what he's trying to say, when they fall, there's this call for us to respond. And it's really, it's really just two ways, I, I believe, that, that, that even in this text, it's bringing out that you respond. You know, uh, you can kind of see it in this. You see, really, by this fulfilling or bearing burden, bearing, helping bear, you know, your brother's burden, the one that has been called up. How many know? How many know when one does, when a sincere believer gets caught up in something, there's a true burden. Don't you think it ain't? There's a heavy burden. And it, it don't even have to be nothing big. You, you, you can just think, you can just get, get involved and caught up into something that, that somebody else would even maybe think light of. But I, I, I've seen true brothers and sisters, it break their heart that they fail in such a manner. And it's a true burden. And what, the, what he's calling for us to do is to come into this. This is one of this is the response that should be our response. That we, the, we that are spiritual, we that are believers, the, we that are mature to come, to come and respond with grace. How I many know that's the that's, that's only way we'll ever fulfill the law of Christ is to respond with grace. And the reason I say that, you'll see here in just a minute, it, it, there's just got to be this response with grace. To help carry this burden, to help bear this burden, to help to help this brother or sister stand again. That's the whole important. That's the important fact. That's the important thing to bring restoration. That's the, always the heart when 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 those in this building or those outside of this building that are part of part of the the, the believers when when they fall, that's our whole attitude when one falls or gets caught up. Is to see restoration. That's one of the first things I always ask when someone gets caught up in something. That's always one of the, I say, well, do you want restoration? If there's a marriage, that's one of the first things I'll ask. I'll, I always ask it because I want to know that up front. Do you want restoration?
restoration. Because if they want restoration, well, there's where we begin. Now, if they don't, we got problems. Amen. Or if they even if it's just an individual that doesn't want restoration, well, then you got there's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to fulfill or hard to carry the burden. And I think there is even I think there is even this this release. Then I mean, you still pray, you still search, but there's even this release from one who doesn't want restitution or reconciliation or restoration at that time. I think it's at that time, you know, that, that, that maybe it turns into even something different. But, but the other response is this, because in, in the scriptures go on to, to bring it out in, in, in sort of a way. But I believe our other response is when, when a brother or a sister involved is with pride. And what I mean by that, with, with a critical spirit or, or with a judgmental spirit or even a condemning type spirit or harsh or air of superiority. I mean, you can't never fulfill the law of Christ or grace when you think you're superior. You'll never help bear and burn when you think, well, I, I'm, or you look down on that and you think, well, I'm better than that. You're never going to be able to, to, to pour grace into that life. You're never going to be able to help restore. Amen. I believe that. Father. Conceit. Conceit and grace, I don't think can even coexist. I think conceit coexists with a religious, a religious type spirit, but not this, not the spiritual spirit that what he's calling for here. It cannot. Conceit, conceit and grace are, are, just don't mix. Amen. I, I just believe that tonight. I, I don't think probably anything looks any more like the devil than a religious spirit of conceit and pride. It's ugly. Just an ugly spirit, if you will. Uh, it's this mix. It's kind of this mix of, of, of bad theology, bad theology and, 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 and ugly pride. And, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to take that and be able to, to, to fulfill. There's no way you'll ever fulfill grace. You'll never fulfill this law of grace. You'll never fulfill what Christ is. You'll never practice grace, I guess would be the best way to bring that out. And I feel like in this text tonight, as we're getting we're going we're getting somewhere. Just give me a minute. You know it takes me a while. I gotta get, I'm like an old diesel engine. I gotta warm up. <laughs> I gotta get myself warmed up here. But 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 in this text tonight, it, it seems like there's a the, there's the bigger the bigger emphasis uh, and, and and the bigger danger is not so much on the he's not really emphasizing this this text is not really about the one that failed. I want you, that's why this, this text really jumped out at me. It's not really about the one that failed. This is not really pointing to, it's not really pointing out the one that failed or maybe because it didn't give us no reason or it didn't tell us why and it's not, not really giving no instruction. No, no, it's bringing, out, it's bringing out those that's got to deal with the one that failed. And that, that's what this ministering grace is, our practice in grace is all about. Having, having received such grace. You know, we're, we're, we're to be dispensers. We're expected, I believe, to, 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 to offer that same grace back. Amen. So I feel like the text tonight is really emphasizing, really pouring out and, and, and coming against. There's a danger in responding in a proud way or responding in a religious way. The danger is not in the one 
although there's plenty of danger in one that gets called up, but that's not what this text is about. There's plenty of other texts in the Bible about getting called up and about sin. We know, we tonight know the danger of sin. This is a Wednesday night. This is why this is a good text for Wednesday night. We're not dealing with, with the called up thing. No, we're dealing with what we're going to do about the ones that got called up. How are we going to respond? And how should we respond? And tonight, that's really what I want to do. I, I want to look and I want to see how it is that, that, that practically we should respond. And and because and, we're warned, we're really warned about it, really about uh, uh, responding wrong, responding in a in a prideful way, responding in a way that 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 really we're just deceiving ourselves, thinking we're something when we're not. Amen. Amen. I believe this tonight. I believe pride in the pulpit has been probably one of the greatest enemies to grace. Not all the time. I'm saying that's been a problem. Grace couldn't work. Grace couldn't function because, because sometimes in the pulpit there was a proud spirit or a high-minded conceit who couldn't minister, who thought superior. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. I believe, I believe sometimes we, we, we have come become more of a, of a gatekeeper, a theological gatekeeper, more than the gospel spokesman that we've been called to be. I know that's what I'm called to be, a gospel spokesman. That's really what the great, I believe that's why maybe sometimes we suffer and struggle with the great commission so much. It's because we're, we're, not, we're not being able to, to be that spokesman for the gospel grace. We're more worried about sometimes keeping the gate. Amen. Amen. All right. Take a breath. <laughs> Amen. I want to give you this scripture that just ties this all. 2 Corinthians 1.24. I, I run across this scripture, and this, this, this is what I'm talking about. It, even as we, as the church, even as we going to, going to respond. I want to give you this as kind of a little foundation of scripture. It says, not for that we have dominion over faith. That's what he said. We don't lord. We're not lords over anybody's faith. We're not. I'm not. I'm not lord over anybody. I'm not, I don't have dominion over it. Amen? But here's what we are. We're helpers. We're helpers of faith. Helpers of faith. Helpers of your joy that, that you can stand again. Amen. Amen. This is Bible. Amen. That you can stand again. So tonight, I want to just work off of that just a little bit. And, and you know me, I come up with a few little thoughts. And this is where it comes. This is, this is where I, 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 I kind of leave that foundation level. And I want to go into some practical thoughts here. Now, these, these will be along with the text, uh, but they're also going to be practical. And, and I believe to mix this together tonight that will, in such a way that it will help us to know how to respond. Now, this will not be exhaustive, and this will not be a, a complete uh, a source for this is how we respond, but I think these will be helpful. I think this will be very helpful as, as we try to fulfill, as we try to practice grace. Practice grace to those. Because how many know, uh, one thing I know for sure, there's not really any shortage of fallen. There's not any shortage. There's not going to be any, any shortage of ministry to the fallen. The problem is, the problem is, is our response. 
And that's really what the Lord's put upon my heart as I've come here tonight, is to be able to respond with grace and to carry forth in such a way. If we're going to be able to respond with grace, here's a couple things I feel like was going to have to happen. First thing is this. I feel like this, is don't be shocked to the point that it rocks your faith when, when, when certain ones do fall. You'll never, you'll never be able to respond with grace if it rocks your faith in such a way. I just want to tell you something, and we need to get a hold of this because, because of the hour in which we live, sin is more dark. Scripture points that it's going to be even more so in this day we live. The Bible, I believe, says worse and worse. Yes. It points to a day. It points to a day of a great falling away. Evidently, a lot of folk getting caught up, overtaken. And, and, and we've kind of seen it in our day, especially the last 20 years. These kind of celebrity type Christians, leaders, fallen. To the point that it shocks, it shocks people so badly that it rocks their faith. That, that, that to the point, to the point that they're, they're, they're of no use really of putting forth grace. I believe this tonight. You need to get in your mind. If everybody in this church falls, I ain't going to. It's not going to rock me. And, and, and I, be not surprised. Because evil's everywhere. Sins everywhere. It is. Don't be shocked when it comes up. I, I believe that tonight. Amen. No matter who quits. No matter who falls. Now, it takes the breath. I, I remember when I was younger, it used to set me back a little more, but, but it don't set me back in here as much as it did. I kind of put that fairy tale uh, to bed where I didn't think any Christian would fall. When I first got saved, I thought every, all y'all had wings. <laughs> y'all remember that? When you first got saved, I thought every, I thought they all had wings. Man, these people are holy. And about two hours later, <laughs> but, but it doesn't shock anymore. I want to give you this verse, this, and this is a good verse that will help you. It's this simple verse, one Psalms 146. I'll read the first two verses, but it's really the third verse. I think this is just good. Anytime the Bible says praise the Lord, I want to read it. It says praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And it's just really an attitude and, and it, where it's going. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Verse 2. While I live, establishing the attitude no matter what's going on. While I live, I'll praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God. While I have any being, any breath, any strength, any energy, whatever's got, while I have it. But now, here, here's, here's the teaching part. Put not your trust in princes or, or in this, any man in whom there's no help. And that's, just, that's the whole point. I'll not be rocked. I'm not going to trust. It's, and let me just say something. I, I pray that I would never... I would never come short in the point that it would shock you. But, but, but here's the thing, even if I don't, even if I don't, I'm going to still let you down. It's going to happen. I'm going to die. That'll let you down. That'll let you down. You know what I'm saying? So we don't never put all of our eggs.
eggs in man's basket. We put our trust in God. That's just kind of a foundational one, but I believe it's got to be there, especially in the hour that we live in, when times are so out of control. And in this celebrity Christian world where they're dropping, I, I, can't, I can't even keep track no more. I don't not even, I'm not even shocked by the next newscast or the next feed across Christian magazine or whatever that says, well, this pastor or that pastor or this leader or this got called up into that or uh, this one was called up. This got called up into sex trafficking. This one got called up into male prostitute stuff. And this one, I, 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 it's, 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 it, it hurts, but it doesn't shock me to the point anymore that it rocks my faith. Come on, somebody. You can't let it. Because if you do, how are you going to minister grace? How are you going to minister grace from that place? Amen. Amen. Here's, here's the next thing, and, and this, is, this, is, this is kind of another foundational thing, but I believe this. I, I believe we need to take great comfort in, in, in if we're going to minister grace now in these times we live in and, and fulfill, carry the burden. We've got to take great comfort in, in the greatness and the sovereignty of God. That's got to be our, our go-to. And that is my go-to thing is the sovereignty of God and just because he's great. And what I'm saying, no matter what's falling, no matter what's going on around me, we know even scripture, Jesus told us in Matthew, he prophesied this even about the church. The, the enemy will come against, the devils in hell will all come against the church. Continuously. They will fight and they will fight and they will fight. But here's your sovereignty. He's promised us no matter who falls, no matter what powerful leader, no matter what person, no matter what person you was counting on, no matter what, here's what he promises. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Never, never prevail. But the church will stand. God's kingdom will stand. Christianity will go on. It'll not stop. It'll not slow down. It'll not end. No matter who it is. It don't matter if the biggest names come toppling down. Amen. That's why I always tell people this. I always tell people, pick, pick dead heroes. They can't let you down. I always say that. If I'm going to really pick a preacher to brag on, you know who I'm going to pick? A dead one. If one has been dead a while, that way all the dirt's done come up and there ain't nothing there. He's in the clear. You know? That's why I'm such a big Spurgeon man. I mean, he, had, he even had some faults, but I'm a big Spurgeon because he's dead. He's been dead for a couple hundred years now. You know? Ain't nothing coming out no more. <laughs> Amen. But in this sovereignty of God, I'm going. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust in this. I'm going to believe that because the scandal scandals may hinder. They will. How many know that the scandals will hinder the church's mission? I'm not saying they won't hinder it. All the they might shut doors. They might remove opportunities that we once had. I've seen that. You've probably seen that. Because of sin of someone, it's hard to reach someone else now. Because this one sinned in a scandalous way. Now they don't want to talk to nobody about Jesus. So it does hinder. But I'm going to tell you what. It don't stop it. It don't stop it. It might hinder, but that's like that scripture, Revelation. I'll give it to you again, 79. I read to you last week. 
This, these are people, this great multitude that no man can number, and kindreds and people and tongues, that all were before the, they were now clothed in white robes. And these, these were all failures. That's what I say. They, they, there were probably some scandals in this. But now they're in white robes. Because God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. Because of the ministry of grace. God's power. So, so that's, that's kind of just two basic things. But, but this is the third thing. And this was where the danger was. I feel like even to, to us as we listen tonight. And if we get conceited. If we get high minded. If we get proud. If we think we're above. One of the worst things I think any, any person can do is think I'm above that. I'll never do that. Look out. As a, as a young minister, I'll never forget one time I had a boy tell me he could handle something. I can handle that. I'm, I can handle that. He handled it for about two months. And then he was out of church for about three years in terrible sin. Now, restoration has come, thank be to God. He has been restored, and he's back operating with Christ. But it was that mindset, I can handle that. I'm above that. I'm stronger than that. And, and go about to break all the, all the principles that keeps us safe. Amen. But I believe this night. He says this, consider yourself. And that's it. That's about watching and praying, ain't it? Ain't that what consider yourself would be in your mind? Watch and pray. Even what Jesus taught the disciples. That's really what he's talking about. Consider yourself. Here's what, here's what I do when I hear of a great fall now or of any fall or I hear of a struggle. You know what I do? That boy, what that does to me, it humbles me. I don't know about you, but when I hear of others fall, other men, other pastors or whatever, it humbles me. Or anybody as far as that goes, it humbles me. And I realize I, I'm not above that. I'm not above that. Nowhere above that. And it humbles and it makes me, it makes me to watch and pray. Amen. There's this a little line of scriptures, and I, I'm going to give them to you because I feel like that's this is really what the first, first Corinthians chapter 10 uh, I'll read the first part here. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you would be ignorant how that our, all our fathers were under the cloud and they passed through the sea. Verse 2 and 3, right quick. Were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, and did eat the same spiritual meat. Verse 4, did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, this is kind of the shift, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown. They got called up in the wilderness. And then he starts this big long list of examples. We'll read them and then I'm, there's a point to this. Now these things were our examples. You know, these are things that should have humbled them or humble the church. That's why Paul was preaching this. He's giving them examples here that should, that should cause them to watch and pray. Not that they're above. You're not above this. Anytime we read some scriptures like we're going to read here, we're not above this. That's why we should watch and pray. These are all examples to the intent that we should not get caught up. That we won't get caught up into these evil things and lost even after the things that they did. You think they did and you're special? No, 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 no. 
We can get caught up. That's why he's just our examples. Amen. And the same thing I was talking about, when somebody else out there or somebody you know gets caught up, that should humble you and make you watch and pray because this still is an example. He goes on, I'll read it because i got to get to the last verse of it. Neither be idolaters as were some of them as it is written. The people sat down to eat and to drink, rose up to play. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed. And they fell in one day three and 20,000. And, and neither, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them, all examples as some of them did. And all these, of course, is Old Testament stories that, that we've read over and over. And they were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed or destroyed. All examples. Now all these things happen that they will be examples. And they are written for our admonition, for our learning, for our teaching, for our instruction. Upon whom the, all the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand. That's what I'm saying. There it is. Think of it. Take heed lest he fall. Watch and pray. That's what this dictates. That's what this is calling for. Man, if we're going to be able, if we are going to be able to respond with grace, we ourselves need to watch and pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I want to shift just a little bit. I want you to think about this. Here's, here's where we really start moving out. These are all th- them other things was kind of foundational things that'll have us around to even minister grace. Because if you don't get those foundational things, you'll not even be around. You'll be one that's fallen. You'll be one that's overtaken. You'll be one that needs restoring. Amen? So, so this is kind of where it moves beyond that then. I, and I believe this tonight. One of the first things, or one of the first things that I see and that I have seen is, is we move with a godly grief. That's what it is. I, I can't explain it. Yet. I couldn't think of any other word to put out there. I know when I hear of a good brother or a good sister, someone that I, or anybody, but especially someone that I am associated with or that I've had deep ties to, it moves me with a godly grief when I hear they've been overtaken and they're called up into something silly or something dumb or something they should not. It moves, and, 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 and you know what godly grief is? You know what godly grief is to me? It's just, it's, it's just for me, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not bringing it out right, but although John 11 and 33 and 38 both really point as Jesus when he groaned in his spirit. Remember, he was at the, at the tomb of Lazarus and he was viewing death, which is the results of sin. That's what he was looking on. He was, he, 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 he was going to get his friend up. He was looking at the, the results of sin and death. Death is, is why he groaned in his spirit. And that's, that's that grief I'm talking about. And you know what? That, that's a mixture. Of, of sadness and anger. I believe that tonight. That's how I feel sometimes. When I, when I, when I hear of a good friend getting called up, it moves me with a mixture of, of sadness and anger. No, I'm not mad at the person per se. I'm mad about the sin. I'm sad over the person. But I am mad about the sin. I feel like what Jesus was when he, when he was there and he looked at death and he groaned with, out of his spirit. I believe that. And that makes you that makes you one that's able to 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 do this ministry of grace. I don't believe you can minister grace if you ain't mad at sin and sad for the person. 
you ain't sorry and hate and hurt where they're at, you probably ain't going to reach out anyway. You're not going to be moved enough to even put forth any effort, much less a burden. We're talking about bear a burden, and that's what it is. So you better have some deep motivation, some spirit-groaning motivation, which is sad. And this anger at sin, this zealousness to take back, to win back. Y'all out there? I believe that tonight. And I believe that's what it takes. Or we'll not get the job done. Now another area I feel like that, that we do this fulfilling the law of grace or the law of Christ, which is grace, is this. I believe this. I believe we move. We move to support, support those that's been called up in this. How many know there's, when there's wherever there's sin... There's casualties every time. There's victims. I know people say, it's just me. It's just me. It's just my life. I'm just, no, it's just me. No, no, no. It's never just you. Never. There's casualties. It might be a spouse. It might be a wife, a husband, a child, a family, a church, a close friend. But I do believe this tonight. I believe, I believe as part of this call, part of this call, part of this, this, this ministering grace, we move to support them that's been deeply hurt. That's a big part of it. Don't you ever feel that? Some of you, I know you do. I've watched you. You feel that. And you move to support. Yeah, you move to for restoration, but you also move to support all those around that's the collateral damage. Those that's been called up in it. Yeah. Yeah, Lord at the kids, Lord at the wife, Lord at the husbands that I've seen called up that needed support so they could stand. That's part of the burden. It's part of the burden. I'm going to tell you what, if somebody thinks they ain't got nowhere to minister, they ain't, they ain't read this book. There's plenty of places to minister because there's plenty of damage. Ain't it the truth? Plenty of damage out there. Plenty of hurt out there. Amen. Victims. Victims. Oh, I got to hurry up. I'm running out of time. So I'm going to speed along. Speed along. Speed along here. And this kind of goes with that. Now, out of that also, here's what I believe should, should happen too. We should watch over each other. How many of that's very that's very scriptural? Give me Hebrews 4 first, Kayla. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, if you don't mind. Hebrews 4. That's all right, just stay there. I'll read that one. Let us consider one, because it's, it's still the same thing. Let us consider one another. To we're watching over each other. Considering. I've been watching. Well, you've been watching. You know, we should watch it. Ain't that brothers? Now, I know in this age, we're all defensive, and we're all offensive, and, and you can't hardly say nothing to nobody. But I'm going to tell you what. I, I welcome it. You watch over me. I don't mind. You say, brother, I just don't know whether that was really quite... You want, I don't mind. I'm not offensive. I'll take it. I'll examine it. I'll study it. Amen. I'll see if there's any value in it. My wife does that to me all the time. I have to listen to her whether it's right or wrong, though. 
She does me all. She'll say, she, she, she says it like this a lot of times. She says, I'm just not sure. And you know what? She's always right. She's always right. Amen. Amen. But, but it's true. We should consider each other. I try. I try. It's hard in this age. It's hard. I try to do it in the slick and subtle and sweet and loving ways. I've tried to become more culturally to, to try to, to try not to be so offensive. But I'm going to tell you what, nowadays everybody's offended by everything. I mean, you know. You can say you don't like poodles and about half the church get mad. <laughs> or cats. <laughs> yeah, me and Julie had a fight last year about cats. No, no we we. <laughs> we still good though we still good but I'm just saying it's so hard but we should you should welcome you shouldn't be so proud that your brother or your sister can't watch over you if you know they got a good spirit if you know they only got love for motivation if all they are doing is for your well-being you you should welcome someone saying you know what this this is not well this is bad. This this ends in destroy, whatever. Come on now. Amen. Hebrews 4. Let me just give you that right quick. I've done about said all I need to say. But Hebrews 4, did I give you? Or 3. Give me Hebrews 3. How about that? How about Hebrews 3? Oh yeah, there you go. Take heed, brother, lest be any of you an evil heart of it, departing from the living God. And then verse 13 is to, but exhort one another every day, every day. Why? Because of the deceitfulness of sin. It's slicker than you sometimes. We have to watch each other. This world I know, we think we know it all nowadays, and that's why we fall. That's why we get caught up. When my daughters were young, especially my oldest one, I would shoot, she, left, she would always give me more te- lots of teaching points. And I would tell her, I would tell her, now this, this, this doesn't go in a very good place. And, ah, of course, she was my arguer. And she would argue. Of course, you, you know the story. When she was like 13, I pulled the van over and made her get out of the car <laughs> and argue with a tree. <laughs> Y'all remember that? I did. I told her, I said, now you get over there and you tell that tree it ain't a tree till you or it one's tired. That's just how she argued. And she said, she didn't think I was serious. And I said, oh, yes, I'm tired of arguing. <laughs> and there she was. She was standing over about 13 telling that tree, you're not a tree, you're not a tree, you're not a tree, you're not a tree. You're not. I know I'd go to jail for that now. I know, I know. I'd go to jail for that for cruel and unusual punishment or something. Amen. But th- they didn't know my daughter. Uh, I'm glad. It's a good thing. It's a good thing on a lot of things. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we should. We should. We should exhort one another. And we should take that and, and, and just watch over each other. Now, back to the text. And this is, this is one of the big points. We'll go back to Galatians 6.1, if you would, Kayla. Galatians 6.1. I want you to see this one more time as we're coming to the last couple things I want to say. It says, his brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you which were spiritual, restore such a one. Now listen, in the spirit of meekness. In the spirit of 
Grace always responds gentle. That's really what that is. It responds gentle. Spirit of, it's what Jesus was. That's who he was. Grace responds in such a, such a way that it's, not, it's, it's definitely not condoning. I'm not saying that. It's not condoning, but it's not condemning. That's, that's the heart of it. I, I've learned this, man. You condemn and you have shut a door probably for life. Really. Could be. Could be. Maybe not, but could be for life. But now, but now listen, listen, if you go in the spirit of just wanting to see restoration, I've never found that to shut me plumb out. When I've went as a loving pastor and, and one with grace and was just trying to help. Now, sometimes they've got mad. Sometimes they've, it's been some stuff. But, but later, it was like, yeah, pastor, I know. I remember one time, I wouldn't marry somebody. I would not. I just would. I said, I said there's no good in this. There is absolutely no good. Now, now, I'm not a judge or nothing like that, and don't think I was judging them, but there was just some fruits there. I said, this is, this is hell. And they got mad at me. They, they had been here for a long time. They got mad at me. They left for a while, and you know what? They got married. And you know what? It lasted, and this is not a I told you so message. It lasted maybe six months, and you know what? It was from hell. And there was all kind of abuse and all kind of, pornographic junk and bull and it's not that I knew everything about that but I discerned enough to tell somebody I'm not marrying y'all this is as unequal as I ever seen and I can't do that I said I can't get up in front of the church and lie and say God bless this when I know but I did it in I didn't do it in a mean spirit I did it loving and I did it I said because I love you I said, now, he, he didn't much like that and give it away. He didn't much like that. He didn't much love me after that. But he didn't love me anyway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you know what? After all that happened, they ended up back loving me more than ever. Because you know what? I didn't condemn, but I sure didn't condone. Amen. Amen. And, and it kept the door open. For what? Restoration. Restor restoration helped her stand again. She was able to stand again. And that's what that's all about. That's what it's all about. Hey, bless his name. Amen. 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 So uh, I, I believe that tonight. And here's, here's the big point. Some of you will really like this too. This is the big point. This is what grace knows. This is why grace does this. Because grace... We respond in grace. you know why? Because we know it's not the end of the story. Even in the fall, when someone's been called up, overtaken, grace knows this. Because you're a product of grace. You, you've, you've proved grace by really operating in grace because you know, I don't know what the end of this story is, but I know this ain't it. This is because of the fact you're still alive. This is not the end. Of, you might have messed it bad. You might feel shame, you might feel terrible remorse, or all. you might have damaged your near future, you might have consequences to put up with, and to deal with, and to pay for. But this is not the end of the story, grace knows that. And how, when you know that, 
Man, it's, it's impossible to stand back and not respond with grace. Because you know you can change the story. I can change the way this is going to end. Where you're going now, it don't have to be that way. It don't have to end this way. It don't have to end that way. I, bet, I thought about this. You know what? If I had been, I, this is just for me, this is just for me. If I had been a pastor or whatever in, in, in Jesus' day and, and, and I had watched Judas and Peter fall and had seen the same things that they did, you know what? You know what? I would have probably missed it. I probably would have missed it. I would have probably figured, I would have probably figured, you know, there's old Peter up there three times saying, no, nope, I don't know him, don't want nothing to do with him, no way, no shape, no how. I would have probably banked on Judas. I probably would have. Because I mean, he, he was in, I mean, deep in the church. I mean, the money man. And, I mean, you know, I would have probably banked, but I would have missed it. But here's the thing, grace. Grace offered them both another story. Peter's story didn't end, did it? Amen. That's what I'm saying, man. We know. There's some of y'all, ain't you glad? Ain't you glad that somebody ministered grace? And your story didn't end where it was going? That's the power of it. I love grace. Grace brings life. Every time. To, 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 to where there's dead things. Amen. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. But it's all about verse 2 then. Verse 2 and I'm finished. Y'all come on, Paul. I don't, I'm going to have to skip the last little bit, but we'll, we'll just read this in. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill. And this is, this is what this really means, really, and, and I believe this. But you know what? You've got to take on the burden. There's nothing short of that. Listen, you've got to take on the burden. You're never going to respond in grace unless you decide, I'm going to take on the burden. And that's what it is. It's a burden. It's a flat burden. And this, you, know what, you know why? You know why? This connects us. This connects you. You you have to quit. Listen, I want to give you this thought. Here's this. Maybe this will happen. You got to quit when somebody falls. You got to quit throwing your hands up. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to take it on. Got to take it on. You do, and it is a burden. It's hard, and it's heavy. And I know we are people, but we want our ease, and we want our comfort. But that ain't grace. That ain't grace. That's lazy. That's lazy and slothful and unfaithful. Amen. We've got to get our hands in there. And we've got to connect with whoever it is. And you've got to realize they can't help themselves. They can't. You gotta realize that you're gonna probably want to bail a hundred times. I don't know the times that I've decided to get my hands in. And about the first day, I'm like ready to bail. Y'all have always heard the story. It's one of my favorite stories about Brother Ralph Yule. One of my favorite stories. I got connected with him and I decided to take on a burden of an alcoholic, a rough man, tough man. One of the roughest men I ever knew, I reckon. I mean, he was big and burly, scary. I thought I was big and burly and rough and tough. That man would scare me. And I remember, I remember I went to the hospital that time to see him, remember? And and he he lit into me. He 
wasn't in the mood for no grace. He lit into me and he chewed on me. He said a few words that I can't say in church. And I went home with my tail between my legs. I was ready to bail. I was like, well, burn, Ralph, burn. That's what I felt like. Come on. I did. I'll never forget it. I got home, and of course, Cindy, Cindy, for some reason, Cindy had a heart for Ralph. And the first thing she wanted to know, she said, well, she went, see me to, went with me the first time to see him. And he was kind of, he was in a coma then, and, and he wasn't too talky, so he was, he was all right. But when I went by myself, he was all ready to go. And he didn't want no, no blankety-blank preacher. But, but, but. Cindy, first thing she said, how'd it go with Ralph? She's all excited. How'd it go with Ralph? And I said, I ain't never going back to see Ralph. <laughs> I said, I ain't never. And she give, she gave me one of them looks, and I knew I was in trouble. She gave me one of them looks. And I told her, I, I explained to her all without some of the words. I explained to her. She said, Lee Sarver. How can she use my full name? <laughs> I do. I'm going down every time. Every time she uses my full name, I'm going down. She said, Lee Sarver, he needs you. Y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. I went back. It took a long time. We built and we built and we built. Before you know it, Ralph gave his heart to Christ. He ended up sitting back there about where Mimi sat in the night. He sat there for, I guess, three or four years. Got baptized. Loved me. He, he was One that used to hate me, loved me more than, than anybody, I believe, at that time. He, he, he bought me books. I still ain't read some of them. because, But, but he, he thought they would help me. He bought me books. And one of them was the faith of George W. Bush. Not that I, not that that's it, but I don't read that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, plus I read mostly just Bibles, just Bibles. So I'm not a big reader anyway, other than Bibles. But he bought me stuff, and he loved me. And, and like what I'm saying is, man, man, you got to get your hands dirty. You got to get in there. You got to take. That was a burden. I, there for three or four times I'd go visit him I'd have this lump in my throat and I'd be like all timid and all wondering and I'm going to get lit up today but it turns grace turns things y'all grace turns you can't bail because you're going to want to bail you're going to want to run and you can't dispense grace if you run you can't God is closed with this thought tonight, I, I would just tell us this we need to stir up a fresh zeal, a fresh passion to minister grace I believe that tonight, we got to we got to it's that important because that's the danger in this text it's not the one that's fallen it's the one that's not ministering grace it's the one that's not getting her hands in there Let's get our hands dirty. Let's quit throwing them up. And get them dirty. Amen.
That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He didn't throw his hands up. He got down in the dirt, didn't he? 